0: Hey there, ProSide small group leaders. Thank you for joining us for another Small Group Leaders podcast as we help you prepare to lead your small groups. Uh, This is Pastor Billy here. I'm joined by Pastor Jennifer Matias. And uh, before we get into our guide today, we have an exciting announcement about something coming up soon.
1: Yeah, we are going to do Seek Week, October 24th, 25th, 26th. It's going to be our prayer and fasting week as as well. But we're looking forward to having you and your small group there Mm. for our prayer time. Seek Week, October 24th, 25th, 26th.
0: And for more information you can go to pearlside.org seek 2023 there we have some prayer and fasting guidelines some prayer guidelines to get us ready uh to fast and pray and you know we're doing this because we're really believing god for revival Uh, if you recall Pastor Jim LaFoon's prophetic word over us was that there is going to be God wants to visit this main campus he wants to visit our church and so we need to prepare ourselves through prayer and fasting and um, he wants to visit the the nation again and so we need to pray and fast and really believe God and so that's what we want to do the whole church coming together uh, I want to encourage you small group leaders you know to to pick one of those three days to come bring your group Mm -hmm. and let's pray and fast together if you want to come all three great but let's at least come to one and believe God further visitation and revival, amen? Amen. So thank you. All right, well, we are diving into our discussion guide for this week and uh, continuing our series, Family Matters. And uh, we're looking at this week the, the, the One of the the failures of the first family You know, Not only did Adam and Eve mess up in the garden And get kicked out But it seems like they also dropped the ball On their parenting And there's some lessons that we can learn from this uh, So that we don't uh, raise up canes In our own families as well But for those of you that aren't parents Or maybe you are no longer parenting children This also applies to us mm-hmm. Because all of right. us, if we're not careful There's a cane inside of all of our souls That can mm-hmm. be raised up If we don't deal with the sin in our lives And and certain things. So you know, as we talk through the guide a little bit here today, I want to also add a few additional thoughts uh, from this weekend's message. Uh, First of all, we see that if parents don't make God the foundation, neither will the children. And, uh, you know, Adam and Eve obviously didn't make God the foundation in the garden, which is what got them kicked out, which is what led to the fall. And we see those same ramifications now play out in the lives of their kids. And this is so tragic. But I do think it speaks to uh, not just this situation, but to our lives that, hey, as parents, as grandparents— as aunties and uncles, we got to get this right because the young people around us are watching. Mm-hmm. Even if you no longer parent kids and you're a grandparent, um, your grandkids are watching you. Mm-hmm. You know, if, Even if you're an uncle and auntie, th- your ne- nieces and nephews are watching you. We all have young people watching us and if we don't make God the foundation of our lives, the kids that we influence won't either. But the the, the opposite is also true. If we make God the foundation, we can provide a powerful influence in the lives of the, the, the young people around us. Right. I shared this statistic before, but you know, there's a statistic that shows that if the mother goes to church but not the father, less than 2% of kids will become worshipers later on in life. However, if the father is going to church and not the mother between 66 and 75% of young people, of kids, will be worshipers later on in life. And that shows, I think, the power that fathers have. So Mm -hmm. I'll I'll bash on dads a little bit because I am a dad. You know, we got to take our faith seriously and we got to lead. And as we saw throughout this series, Adam failed to do that and we are all suffering as a result. And as we look at the Cain and Abel story, Cain fell largely, I think, because his father wasn't involved, it seems. There's no indication that Adam tended to his son, so... Parents, we have such a powerful influence on the young people around us. Grandparents, uncles, aunties, coaches. We all have young people watching us. We all got to tend to our hearts. The second thing we see is that we need to deal with envy and jealousy before it destroys our families, before it destroys the young people in our lives. Cain was envious of Abel. Cain, the Bible says, brought you know the vegetables and the, the produce of the land because that's what he did, and Abel brought meats. I would tend to like Abel more as well if he were coming to my potluck. You know what I'm saying? Uh, The people with the the good stuff. Yeah, the people with the vegetable (laughs) dishes don't get a lot of love unless you do a really good job. But anyway, you know, and so so we don't know why Cain was envious of Abel, but he was, and there was a, a building resentment in his soul that seems it was never tended to. You know, and a lot of theologians or some theologians have speculated, oh, God was pleased with Cain's uh, Abel's offering because it was meat versus Cain's, it was vegetables. But in reality, in the Mosaic law, both produce of the land and animal sacrifices were accepted. So it wasn't his behavior that got him, you know, that got God displeased with his offering. It was his heart behind it. There was probably a lot of envy in Cain's heart. Beside the fact, Abel, it says, brought the best of his, his first fruits of his flocks, brought the fat, parts the best parts of it versus where it says about Cain he only brought some of the fruits there's a very disparaging Mm -hmm. level there Abel brought the best Cain brought the leftovers quite possibly and that's an indication of our heart and so this envy is building up in Cain and his heart's not in it and we just see it was never really dealt with and and it had tragic results and so, you know, just on this whole thing of envy, all of us are, can be envious of what other people are doing at times. We look at what other people have, and we go, well, that's not fair. And uh, we need to deal with that in our families, and our kids, and also in ourselves. Because if we don't deal with that envy, it could result in, have tragic consequences later on. The third thing we see is we need to focus on pleasing God over what others are doing. Cain was more focused on what Abel was getting, the, the, the notoriety from God, rather than his own self. And so God's response to Cain was, if you do what is right, will you not be accepted? If you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. And so when we're envious, we're focusing on what other people are having, what other people are doing, and God keeps on saying, no, no, just focus on what you got to do. You do the right thing. Don't worry about what other people are doing. But envy has us focusing more on other people. And this leads to the fourth thing. We need to tend to the heart, not just the behavior. And that's what God does. He, did, he looked past Cain's behavior, and he looked at the heart. Why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? What's going on in your heart, Cain? And often in our parenting with our kids, grandkids, whatever, or coaching, we're looking at the behavior of the person rather than what's going on mm-hmm. in their heart. It's true. And we can't overlook the heart and just settle for behavior. Because on the outside, it may look good, but on the inside, is resentment brewing, is jealousy brewing, is you know what's going on in that kid's heart. Mm-hmm. And then lastly, be intentionally present. There's no indication that Adam was present in Cain's life at all. And um, I think that, again, speaks to the role of parents. We have to be present. We have to make time, not just to provide for our kids, but to be present to tend to the hearts of kids. Pastor Jen, I'm sure you've talked to a lot of parents about this, but I have as well, where they'll say, well, I provide for them. You know, I Mm -hmm. provide a roof over their heads. I I put them through school and all this. Yeah, Yeah. I buy them stuff. Mm -hmm. How come they're not, you know, doing good? How could they do this, right? right? We realize that what kids really need is not the stuff, They need our presence and we need, they need us to be present in their lives Mm -hmm. to tend to their hearts Mm -hmm. because they don't know Mm -hmm. how to do that yet. So anyway, just some thoughts there to help you prepare as you uh, lead your discussions today uh, or this week. And so, you know, as we, breaking the groups and discuss this share what the Lord is highlighting to you from the weekend sermon and or the main thought in scriptures above and I just provided some additional thoughts that might help you uh, navigate this discussion as well Pastor Jen what stands out to you what would you uh, reflect on in this moment
1: well you know I I get to be with kids and families all the time and one thing we say in kids churches we're not after behavioral modification but heart transformation and that really ties in well to what this sermon is about is really we're aiming for the heart and I remember realizing early on, you know, when my kids were young that, uh, in order to transform their heart, my heart had to be transformed uh, yeah, too. Yeah. I had to be in a place where when I parented them, even in my marriage, when when they got to see how Mike and I, you know, uh, worked as a married couple and interacted mm-hmm. as a married couple, that, that all affected their heart. Mm-hmm. And so taking care of our hearts, no matter, you know, what stage of life we're in or what our workplace is like or the people that we hang out with, that is really what people see. Yeah. Because the behavior is just the outside, mm-hmm. right? It's the inside that really got God cares about the most but it, if whether we know it or not that's really is what show, is showing up Absolutely. when we interact with people so it's a great uh, great message to talk about with your group
0: yeah i mean you know you know like you know when you get on an airplane they always say put your oxygen mask on first before you put help you know yeah. your kids and i think that is a great True. analogy of this that if parents we don't keep the oxygen mask on of growing in our faith and making sure that the word is the foundation which we've been talking about then we don't We're not going to be able to lead our our children, our grandchildren, our nieces and nephews, etc. So we got to make sure that oxygen mask on is on first Mm -hmm. in our lives. And, um, you know, I think the other thing that that really stands out to me in this, in the tending to the heart, is the issue of tending to the heart is, you know, life is busy, right? Especially if you're raising a young family. And we can just so easily settle for, well, the kids are quiet. They're not fighting. You know, they're on their iPads. They're watching TV. They're playing video games. Everything (laughs) must be fine. But that might actually be quite the opposite, right? right? That yeah. we don't know what's going on in their mm-hmm. hearts. The stuff that they're watching, how is mm-hmm. that influencing? And then out of nowhere, they kind of manifest. And you know, I'm talking, speaking from experience here. They kind of manifest <laughs> and they fight, and things go on here. Like, right. and you just want them to stop it, be quiet, because mm-hmm. I'm busy, I'm stressed, I'm tired, right? Rather than slowing down to have that mm-hmm. conversation. Okay, why did you do that? Right. Let's talk. Where is this coming from? You know, and and beginning to tend to their heart even at a young age. And that's one of the things I realized, the, the, the need for me to slow down so that I can be present, mm-hmm. not just to be, okay, be quiet. Here's my phone. Stop bothering me, mm-hmm. right? I've mm-hmm. done that a few times, I admit, right? Um, but to slow down. Have. Yeah, okay, <laughs> thank you. That. I feel better now. <laughs> yeah. But to really slow down and be like, okay, what, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Where is this coming from? Mm-hmm. And and asking questions and letting them process. And that sometimes that takes a long time. It does. Especially, I've noticed, I'm sure you've seen this with your kids, especially as they get older it takes a little while for them to even get yeah. in touch with where their mm-hmm. emotions are. Mm-hmm. So you got to take mm-hmm. them out to eat and, you know, go for a drive. Right. And, and then sometimes out of a random spot they share, I'm yeah. so mad at this, you yeah. know? Yeah, yeah,
1: <laughs> Wow, but I don't have It's hours. always when you thought the conversation was done. It's like, then the real stuff comes out. <laughs> but I just realized. Especially with teenagers. Yeah, yeah. right. That mm-hmm. How much time it takes
0: yeah. to elicit that response and so just even just going back to this Cain likely had this envy festering for years Mm -hmm. I mean you don't just wake up and murder your brother there's probably envy that was festering for years and maybe Adam just didn't want to deal with it Mm -hmm. just be quiet you know Mm -hmm. maybe he came home from a long day attending you know the garden and he's like I don't want to hear these kids fighting just go to your rooms you know what I mean and and and, and, and all the while, murder was brewing mm-hmm. in one of his son's hearts mm-hmm. and he doesn't tend to it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so, not that that will happen, hopefully, in our families, but that, I think that just speaks to the fact we need to slow down. right? Tend to the hearts of people. Right. If you're not a parent, tend to the hearts of your coworkers. What's going on in their lives? Mm-hmm. Ask questions. Mm-hmm. Slow down, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and really care and love on people. I think mm-hmm. this is so important uh, for all of us. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the second question asks, you know, what was your experience with your parents like growing up? Were your parents present uh, to tend to your heart with truth and grace, how did this affect you? Explain, how can you apply the truths for today's discussion to your life and your relationships? This might be a great opportunity to allow people to kind of unpack their story. Mm-hmm. Um, I think all of us at some level didn't have parents as present as we would like. And this isn't a bash on your parents type right. of a There's no perfect question. parents, yeah. that's why, right? Exactly. We're all just trying our best, yes. Yeah, you know, I always, you know, we idealize until yeah, we become we do, parents. You yeah, realize, yeah, yeah. like, oh it's man, true. I mess up a ton. True. Right? Um but you know, just kind of reflecting on that and, and even just getting us in touch with, maybe that's why I react the way that I do because mm-hmm. no one ever helped talk mm-hmm. me through these things. Mm-hmm. right? So this could be a great opportunity for people to kind of unpack a little bit, feel seen and mm-hmm. you know, like, oh, you mm-hmm. too? Okay, mm-hmm. I thought I was the only weird one. No, we all have our own parent wounds in different ways. Um, and then share about someone who is present in your life mm-hmm. and tended to your heart, not just your behavior. Mm-hmm. What did they do that particularly impacted you how can yeah. you do the same for someone else? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'd love us to pause here and talk about this for a little bit. Pastor Jen, any any thoughts on this question?
1: Well, you know, to do question two and three kind of at the same time, you know, I grew up in a family where, you know, my parents, my mom was a teacher, my dad was attorney. So it seemed like everything was good. They did all the right things. Uh, they made sure education was important in our family. But I think it wasn't until I got married and had kids that I realized that my heart needed tending mm-hmm. to. And I do remember moments from small group when um, the ladies in the small group, you know, I would complain about my kids, complain about my marriage mm-hmm, or complain about mm-hmm. what was happening at work. And they would just kind of hold the mirror up like, well, what about about you where where's your place in this why are you getting so angry where is God in this situation and realizing oh wow I really do need to tend to my heart and we can be that for uh, the people in our small group we just very gently with a lot of grace hold up the mirror and say well and ask one question you're like what what are you what's going on in you yeah. that you're reacting this way or where is god in this situation that you're pushing him out for whatever reason
0: and that's where small groups are so powerful because right. we get to i love that metaphor hold the mirror up for mm-hmm. one another and you know they say even if someone is 80 percent wrong we also have a 20 percent responsibility right. in that right. you know sometimes it's 50 50 you know sometimes we're equally as wrong as the other person but yeah. if no one ever holds up hey what about your 20 yeah. percent you know uh, then, then we need that. Right, and if we right. can tend to, like with Cain, if you do what is right, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. if we just do our part, maybe our part is 20%, maybe it's 10%, but if we do our part in the right, doing right, God right. can show up and adjust right. the 90% right. on the other person. Right, right, right. And that's, I think, what Small Group can help us right. do, to look right. at that our own 10%, our own 20% right. in any challenge. You know, I think about the different mentors that I've had through the years in this church, whether it's Pastor Norman, um, there, there've been so many others uh, that I don't have the time to name them all, but I I realized that what impacted me the most was not the teaching that they gave but the slowing down to just let me process through right. yes. my emotions, mm-hmm. my confusions, my frustrations mm-hmm. and being a listening right. ear and an empathetic listener and right. sometimes there's a little bit of advice but you know to be honest most of the time it wasn't the advice it was just the right. being present right. and caring and letting me get it out
1: mm-hmm. and
0: and God often just kind of yeah. tells you the right thing you right. need to do without
1: judgment and condemnation, and then letting God speak, right? Because if God speaks louder than our voice, that's then right. people are going to listen. But if we're the ones always giving advice and telling people what to do, guess what? They end up following us, and that's not what that's we're right. aiming for. That's
0: right. You know, yeah. so if you recall from our small group training, you know, I, I like the slap metaphor or slap uh, acrostic. Start a conversation, listen, mm-hmm. ask questions, yeah, great. pray. And then proclaim whatever truth there is. And so, I think, even with, our, I, I practice that with my kids. Mm-hmm. Start a conversation, you know, try to get them talking. Maybe it will start with football or something. And then listen to where their heart is at. What's mm-hmm. the frustration? Ask questions. Mm-hmm. So, how, how, how do you feel about that, yeah. you know? And then pray about it. i started doing that with my kids over the last couple of years. I found it really powerful. And then after you pray, you can insert a little bit of truth here and there. Yeah. but. But I think we need to be able to do that for other people. And When I look back on my life, that's what people have done for me that helped me to grow past Mm -hmm. my sticking points. And I think if we do that with the people around us, our kids, our nieces, nephews, all that, I think we can begin to tend to hearts and see more health rather than Mm -hmm. you know destruction as we saw
1: Mm -hmm. in this and as they see examples of us doing it they can do that with other people right it's going to perpetuate yeah yeah good health you know if there's one thing
0: i could you know just just leave just as a tip for parents you know like I, i realize you know As a busy parent myself, we got to resist the temptation just to tell the kids, be quiet, go play over there. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And be satisfied with them not bothering us. Mm -hmm. And I know that sounds cynical and all, but we all do it. I've done it, you know? Yes. And we have to resist that temptation, especially when we see little little flickers of conflict and Mm -hmm. little flickers of attitude. Don't just say, ah, that's normal adolescence. Like, if you don't deal with it it could fester into a cane Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, you know what I mean mm -hmm. I wonder if that's what Adam thought ah cane he's just boys will be boys and then boom Mm -hmm, murder mm -hmm. because the heart was never tended to right so let's tend to the hearts of our kids let's not let the Mm -hmm. iPad raise our children or YouTube raise our children we have to lean in grandmas grandpas aunties uncles we all got to help with that and let's tend to the hearts of one another so that we don't raise canes around us Mm -hmm. and uh, we can experience um, God's provision and blessing in our lives as well Amen. amen well thank you leaders for all that you do we're so grateful for you looking forward to praying with you all during seek week have a great small group discussion this week and uh god bless you
1: amen amen thank you
0: thank you